0: This is my Bible, I believe what it says I am, I can do what it says I can do, I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer, not just a hearer. Today I will learn from God's word and my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Luke chapter number 17 from verse 11 to verse 19. Luke chapter number 17 from verse 11 to verse 19. If you have it, you can say I have it. And it came to pass, as as he went to Jerusalem, Jesus, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered into a certain village, There met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? They are not found that returned to give glory to God except this stranger? And he said unto him, Arise, go your way. Thy faith has made thee whole. Man, this is awesome. This is powerful. I like this story. Because the first principle we see in this story is Jesus asking the lepers to act in faith. And you can never again, this is something we have taught in this church over and over again, grace is on God's side of the ledger, faith is on our side of the ledger. You cannot access grace without taking steps of faith. Amen. The Bible says in Ephesians 4 verse 8 onwards, it says, For by grace are you saved, through faith that not of yourselves it is the gift of god lest any man should boast if you go to romans chapter number five verse two he says for we have access into his grace by our faith so without faith you cannot access the grace of god and in this instance the grace of god was healing they wanted to tap into the healing grace of god and god jesus personified gave them an instruction he says, I want you to do something. I want you to act on your faith. Hallelujah. The same thing that brother Tinashe was teaching on. If you want prosperity, you better follow an instruction. See, you can't sit around saying, God, come, bless me where I am. No, you better follow an instruction. It's only through acting on an instruction that you can access the grace of God. So Jesus tells them something that's ridiculous. He says, go and show yourselves to the priest. The only time... You could go and show yourself to the priest was when you're already clean. So that they could let you in back into the city. And Jesus says, now I want you to do that. Because you know what? By faith you're already clean. And they needed to act on it. You know, every service we end with Second Corinthians 5 verse 7. For we walk by faith. You know why? Because faith is a walk. Faith is an act. And faith is a talk. Faith has to be acted out. And as they took steps of faith in line with Jesus' instruction, in the process, healing kicked in. In the process of acting on God's instruction, your breakthrough will kick in. In the process of acting on Jesus' instruction, they realized, wait a minute, we we healed. And only one man, I'd like to believe, and this is my own opinion, I'd like to believe they weren't even completely healed. the the process of healing had begun and when he realized hey wait a minute the process of healing has begun he said why should I even continue to go and show myself to the priest without giving glory to God and he turned back the Bible said he stopped everything he was doing went back and said master I just came back to say thank you man that's awesome that's awesome and I'd like to believe not everything in his life was fixed. And I think that was the problem with the other nine. See, that's the problem with the 21st century generation people. And I was teaching the same message to the Americans. I was saying, man, you're losing sleep over uh, uh, Donald Trump, but you have food in your stomach. You're losing sleep over Donald Trump. You have a car to drive that you can buy fuel for five runs a liter. And here you are complaining. Come on, man. Let's swap places. What are you talking about? Let's swap places. That's the problem of the 21st century church. You know why? Because we focus on what we do not have. And this is the reason why people don't give God praise. Because you're looking at what I don't have. You know, I don't have this. I don't have a house. I don't have a car. I don't have a... and, and, And if you look at what you don't have, guess what? You're always going to be stuck at a place of complaining. But if you look at what you have, you will be so grateful. You will shout, thank you, Jesus. Come on, just check on your feet. Do you have shoes? Thank you, Jesus. Come on, check. Do you have clothes on your back? Thank you, Jesus. Just breathe in and breathe out. Did you do that? Thank you, Jesus. So you have enough reason to praise God where you are. Amen. Amen. But if you focus on what you don't have, and I like to believe that's what that was the problem with the nine. Okay, I'm healed, but then I'm still broke. <laughs> I'm healed, thank you, Jesus, but you know, you know, I still don't have money for lunch. And that's why they just continued with their journey. But this man came back and he said, Master, I just came back to say thanks. I just came back to say thank you. And you know what Jesus said? He said, not only... Did you receive healing? You have now been made whole. And if you look up that word whole, it's the Greek word zoe. Which means the God kind of abundant living with nothing missing and nothing broken. So what happened? He had access to the zoe, the God kind of living, through his gratitude. Man, that's awesome. The only way you can get more from God is if you have a heart of thanksgiving. Even Jesus teaching his disciples to pray. He said, the first thing you are to do is to thank the Lord and praise him for who he is. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now you can ask, give us today our daily bread. See, you can't just come from a Latin, give us today our daily bread. You have to praise him first. Amen? And how do you finish that? For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. It's called a praise sandwich. You praise God, slip in a request and praise Him again. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's what it is. You have to live a lifestyle of thanksgiving and praise. Because there is so much you can thank the Lord for. Amen? I said amen. Amen. Let us go now to uh, 2 Timothy chapter number 3. Jesus attitude jesus response shows us god's attitude towards thanksgiving jesus said hey wait a minute i healed ten people here did i not heal ten Where are the nine and he concluded they were not found that came back to give thanks to god someone shout we will be found that will come back and give thanks to god second timothy chapter number three from verse one to five watch what it says this is god's attitude towards thanksgiving. This I know, that in the last days, perilous perilous times shall come. For men shall be what? Lovers of their own selves. Is this a good thing? It's a terrible thing. Covetous. What does covetous mean? Covetous. Wanting other people's things, right? You know, wanting someone else's wife and someone else's husband, covetous. Then this, tell your neighbor, this is, this is evil. He says, they shall be bosters. You know, just bosters. He says, they shall be proud people, blasphemous. What are blasphemous? God curses, right? He says, they shall be blasphemous, disobedient to parents. How many parents do we have here? Is that a good thing to be disobedient? Well, it's a terrible thing. And right next to covetous, Blasphemers, boasters and, and 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 lovers of themselves, he put unthankful at the same level. So thanksgiving is not just an option. When you're not when you don't have a grateful heart, God looks at you the same way He looks at God curses. He looks at you the same way He looks at people that are disobedient to parents. So thanksgiving next Sunday, hunch your neighbor and tell them next Sunday is not even an option. <laughs> Now I know some of you are thinking, well, will I be in church next? That's not even an option. <laughs> it's not even an option, amen? Man, you have to just live a lifestyle of thanksgiving, disobedient to them, unholy, at the same level. Next verse. Without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, Next verse. Traitors, heedy, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. All of this is equated to people who are unthankful. Have you ever given someone a gift? Have you ever blessed someone with something? And I mean the least they could have done was pick up their phone and type thank you. I mean these days you don't even have to type. There are phones that can type for you. You can click on the microphone thing and say thank you and it will type for you and say send that message to Rachel and it will send it. And still people don't don't even say thank you. All he's saying is have a attitude of thanksgiving. Live a life of gratitude. Someone once said you must have an attitude of of gratitude. Amen. So this is God's kind of attitude towards thanksgiving. Let's go now to John chapter number 6. I want to give you four things that thanksgiving will do for you next week and in your life beyond next week. Amen. John chapter number 6 verse 10 to 14. Then Jesus said, and this was when Jesus, uh, the 5,000 people, he had just finished preaching a sermon. And they were all hungry and the disciples said hey what are we going to do the people are hungry they are about to faint what are we going to do with them and Jesus said we have to feed them and they looked at the money that they had and it was not enough and then Jesus gave them this instruction and Jesus said make the people sit down now there was much grass in the place so the men sat down in number about five thousand and you know the disciples had told Jesus there's a, a boy here with five loaves and two fish and uh, That's all we have. So Jesus took the loaves, verse 11, and when he had given what? I did not hear that. I didn't hear that. What did Jesus give? Did you see that? I mean, the master could have said, hey, Lord, I don't even know why you sent me to earth. Now look at all these 5,000 people, and all you could give me was two fishes and five loaves of bread. Just like most of us, he could have gone to complaining." He he looked at the two fish and the five loaves and He gave what? He gave thanks. He said, Lord, thank you for what I am. And what happened after He gave thanks? Watch what happened. He distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down. And likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, He said to the disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Therefore, they gathered up and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, This is truly the prophet who is come into the world. If you're taking down notes, write this down. This is the first thing Thanksgiving will do for you. Thanksgiving gives access into the abundance of God. Thanksgiving gives access into the abundance of God. Gratitude restricts us from accessing the abundance of God. Complaining and gratitude. Sorry. So you're paying attention. That's good. Gratitude gives us access into the abundance of God. What did Jesus do? Jesus took the two fish and the five loaves And he gave thanks in other words he said thank you Jesus for what I have and what does the Bible say in Psalm 100 verse 4 we shall enter into his gates how with thanksgiving so what was not enough on this side of the gate became enough on the other side of the gate because Jesus gave thanks A lot of people cannot enter into the gates because they do not let praise and thanksgiving proceed out of their mouth. The only way you can enter into God's courts, into His gates, is through thanksgiving. That's the password. You shall enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. And when you enter into His gates, nothing on the other side of the gates is limited, everything is abundant. I mean, on the other side of the gate, God is not even a 30-fold God or a 60-fold God. He's not a 100-fold God. He's not a double-double God. God becomes a God of abundance, an infinite God. And He will supply all your needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus, on the other side of the gates. But if you stay on the side of complaining and murmuring, anxiety and worry, you will never access the other side of the gate. So I want to talk to someone who has little in their lives. I want to talk to someone who has little money. Let me give you a solution. Take what you have and give God thanks for it. That way you give him a a license to come into your life and multiply it. I want to talk to someone who does not own their own car yet. Thank God for the money for the taxi. Just look at it. Thank you, Jesus, as you ride the taxi. I want to talk to someone who doesn't even have money for taxi. Look at your feet if you have shoes. Thank you, Jesus, for these shoes. At least I can walk to where I want to go. Someone who doesn't even have shoes, look if you have feet and can walk around. You can thank God for that and I can guarantee you he's bringing you shoes more than you can fit in your closet. The problem we have is when you don't have shoes, you're complaining about not having shoes so you can never enter into his gates. Because the access, the pin code for entering into his gates is thanksgiving. Hallelujah! Grateful people always live in abundance. Entitled people always live in lack. Charity begins at home, right? So at this point, I want to encourage you to thank your spouse for making dinner. You know, some of you think, oh, it's a job. She should be making dinner. Well, that's not going to go over very, very nicely with them, right? I want you to start with thanking your spouse for making dinner. I want you to start thanking your spouse for driving you to work. It's a great habit. I want you to start thanking your life group leader for opening up their home and bringing you in. Some of you think you're doing them a favor, you know, I went for that, so they must feel grateful. You know, I want you to start doing, thanking people that take you for class in this church. Your HODs that show you how to do things, I want you to start thinking about thanking them. Amen. I was so touched. In fact, strangers seem to master this principle so well. I was so touched, uh, you know, someone who doesn't even come to this church asked to do uh, marriage classes with us. And I referred them to uh, uh, Brother Tinashe and uh, Sister Marua to handle the class. They did the class for about two months, opened up their home, fed, fed them and did all of that. And at the end of the marriage class, they bought them a card and bought them a gift just to say thank you. And I was impressed. I said, man, this is what I'm talking about. All you have to say is thank you. And guess what? When someone else comes to me and says, hey, I want to do a marriage class, I'm not going to be so embarrassed to refer them to, you know, Tinashe and Marua. But I mean, if you just walk off and, you know, the next time I want someone to do a class, hey, Tinashe, how are you doing? Can you please handle this class? Ah, Pastor T, you know, I'm busy. You know why? Because without thanksgiving, you don't want to do more. You're not motivated to do more. So we as children of God Need to live a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Amen. Number two. Let's go now to Colossians chapter number two from verse six to seven. Is this helping someone? Write this down. Thanksgiving is your faith indicator. Without thanksgiving, you are hardly in faith. Colossians chapter number two from verse six to seven. Here's what the scripture says. As you therefore were received. Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, established in faith as you have been taught, abounding in it. Abounding in what? In faith with thanksgiving. The way to abound in faith is through thanksgiving. Let me give you an example. If I went to Brother Tinashe here and I said, hey, I'm looking for 500,000 rand. You know, there's something I want to fix and this is uh, uh, after service and Brother Tenasha says, okay Pastor G I'll throw it into your account on Tuesday evening, 6pm what would be the right response for me to give him, we're still here in church and this is Tuesday he said Tuesday 6pm and today is Sunday, probably at about 12.30, noon what would be the right response for me to give him Before I go home. I didn't hear that. But he hasn't given me the money. Why should I say thank you? Because he's going to give me, right? And that's exactly how you see your faith indicator in prayer. If you can't walk out of your prayer closet with a thank you, you don't even believe that God is going to do it for you. But if you can walk away with a thank you, Jesus, even before he has done it, you already know. The God has promised is also faithful to do it. So I might as well thank him in advance. So your faith indicator is your thanksgiving. Without thanksgiving, in fact, the here is the equation. Much thanksgiving, much faith. Zero thanksgiving, zero faith. And with zero faith, you are not receiving anything from the Lord. This is good stuff. And I wish I was writing notes for myself. Number three, if you're writing down notes, Thanksgiving wins battles. Thanksgiving wins battles. Let's go now to Second Chronicles, chapter number 20, from verse 21. Second Chronicles, chapter number 20, from verse 21. Remember the story: King Jehoshaphat was faced with the three- uh, army alliance that were coming to destroy the nation of Israel at the time. And he consulted with the prophet and here is where the story starts and when he had consulted with the people he appointed those who should sing in fact the prophet of god came back to him and said hey the word of the lord says you must put the singers or the thanksgivers or the praise and worshipers in front of the army he says those are the people you must put in front of the army now imagine you are going against an army three alliance army that is so sophisticated and they've got they, they have more numbers than you and they've got equipment that is more sophisticated than you and the, tech, the, 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 the technical strategy that God could come up with was just give me thanks the tactical strategy God, is that all you could do God? is that your best? I mean that's what I would have said God, all you want me is to say thank you? No, I want a gun, I want something bigger. Give me a Scud missile, give me some drones or something. And he said, All I want you to do is put the singers, the praise and worshipers. That would have been a good deal, right? Because I'm not in the choir, so <laughs> he Said Yeah, put put the choir in the front. <laughs> he says, put the choir in the front. And watch what happened. Now when they began to uh, verse twenty one, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord. And who should praise the beauty of holiness. As they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord for his mercies endures forever. Now this just hit me. God had to prescribe the lyrics to the song that they should sing. Because some fool was going to come up with some lyrics. Of the situation that they are in nobody told me the road will be easy how many of you know that that's not gonna win any battles i like the song but it doesn't fit he says i want you to sing a song of victory praise the lord for his mercies endures forever sing that song Man, I'm discouraged. I'm not going to sing that song. Be like David. David says, Saul, I will command all my soul, everything that is within me, to bless his holy name. He says, Bless the Lord, all my soul. And everything that is within me, bless his holy name. That's a warfare song. He was aligning his soul. He was bringing himself to composure. And saying, "You, You are going to do it, whether you like it or not. I mean, this doesn't feel good. In the face of impeding danger. Praise be the Lord. Now I want to talk about my problems. Praise be the Lord, for his mercies endures forever. Now when they began to sing and praise, I mean sing and praise. This is hard. Sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. See, you know, there's a statement that we say that when the praises go up, uh, blessings come down. It's not a scripture. But I believe it's true. When the praises go up, all kinds of stuff comes down. Even even God's angels get excited to fight on your behalf. I mean, there's confusion in the enemy's camp when the praises go up. You know why? Because the devil is looking and thinking, you should be sorrowful. You should be sad. You should be complaining like the rest of them. But how come you are laughing and giving God praise? And they panic and they don't know what to do. And if you read on, it says they started killing each other. In fact, let me read it for you. They started killing each other. Uh, For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Sioux to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Sioux, they helped to destroy one another. They started killing one another until two warriors were standing in battle face to face watch what happened so when judah came to the place overlooking the wilderness they looked towards the multitude and they were dead bodies fallen on the earth no one had escaped when jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil they found amongst them an abundance of valuables on dead bodies and precious jewelry which they stripped off for themselves not only did god win the battle for them he still gave them an access to the abundance because of the words of their mouth because with thanksgiving the end game is the same it does not matter where you are you are still tapping into god's abundance since there were valuables amongst dead bodies man just taking off rolex watches and just you know just search dead bodies you know I like that Air Jordan. Just take it off. Just dead bodies and everything. You know, car keys. You know, dead bodies don't fight back, right? It says just take. You know why? Cause your, your 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 Thanksgiving will win battles for you. Remember Paul and Silas in the New Testament? They cast out the devil off of that girl. And the the people who were making money off of her went and reported to the king and she was taken. uh, 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 And they were taken and they were beaten, stripped naked and thrown into prison. And the Bible says in Acts chapter number 16 from verse 25 going onwards, it says that at midnight Paul and Silas began to sing praise and pray. How do you do that? I mean, you've just been beaten, right? Stripped naked and thrown into prison. What's the natural thing for you to do? Complain, man. Ooh, my back hurts. Ooh, man, you got me. Look at this one. Oh, you got me real good. Look at this one. Can you move? Oh, I can't move, man. Nah, we probably need detour so we can just, you know, work on these wounds, man. Oh, man, <laughs> today was a tough day. Can you believe we were caught? And man, we're just trying to do the what we can. We're just trying to preach the gospel, man. We're just trying to be nice. I mean, we were just helping this girl casting out the demon off of her. But now, look at where we are, man. Uh, This God of yours, uh, you know, me, I don't know. But they didn't do that. Said, hey, man, let's praise God. Let's give him thanks. And they started giving him thanks. Hey, Lord, we thank you for who you are. Father, we just thank you that we can have a privilege to even preach the gospel. Father, man, we're just in awe of you. And the Bible says, as they were giving him thanks, suddenly there was an earthquake. You know why because god says he inhabits the praises of his people what does that mean that means he leaves heaven to come and sit in your praise he leaves heaven to come and live in your praise he leaves heaven to come and be involved in your issues when you praise him so god came into the prison with them and apparently god was way too big for the prison cubicle they were in and all the doors were flung open they were not even praying for a breakthrough i want to draw your attention to that they didn't say father we pray right now that you may come and give us a breakthrough no they just said thank you lord and got an accidental breakthrough that's what i call it while you're just busy giving him thanks it's a boomerang man you're just busy giving him thanks and from the back he hits you with a breakthrough See the problem is we want to chase the breakthrough. Father, deliver me out of this prison. Father, take me out right now and burn all the god jails. Fire! That's how you want to pray, right? No, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And while they were giving him thanks, the breakthrough came. Man, that's awesome. That is awesome. Thank you, Lord. And the prison doors were open, and they didn't even go out. See, man, when your when your attitude is right, you're not even desperate. They were just chilling there and like that. Are you guys going to leave? In fact, the the guard took out his sword, about to kill himself, because he thought, man, these guys are going to hey, don't kill yourself. We're here. We just we're just praising God, man. And, and he happens to came in to come in and help us, but that wasn't their focus, and I want to draw your attention. I don't know how bad your situation is, but I can guarantee you, it is not as bad as Paul politics. If you look deep down inside, you can still find a thank you, Jesus, somewhere, somewhere in your issues, you can still find a thank you, Lord. Amen. So not only is praise an appropriate response for what the Lord has done for you, it is also a strategic response for what God is getting ready to do for you in your future. It is a strategic response for warfare. When you're faced with challenges, man, I, I, I was in Dallas, Texas just this past uh, a trip, and we went to a gentleman called Bob Nichols Church, and uh, Bob Nico's church was destroyed by fire about two years ago. It was destroyed, the whole building was destroyed, and the guy who knows him personally as he was narrating the story, said the next Sunday, the newspaper from town, the newspaper, the journalists, and the people from the newspaper came to see what their response was going to be. They thought everyone was going to be crying and just, you know, wailing because of what had happened. And when they went there, they were surprised they wrote in their newspaper that it was crazy. The atmosphere was electric. These people looked like they had won the lottery as they were praising God. You know why? Because Pastor Bob got up uh, into the pulpit and he said, hey, listen, this is an opportunity for God to bless us with something better, bigger and better. And man, if you walk into the facility, it's just better. It's just beautiful. Everything is just gold. You know why? Because God says if a if is caught trying to steal from your life, he should restore sevenfold. So when you lose something, instead of going to crying and so on, go to rejoicing because God is about to restore you sevenfold. All you need is spiritual perspective of of what exactly is happening. Man, this is good stuff. Let's go now to 1 Thessalonians, chapter number 5, verse 16, as we close. 1 Thessalonians, chapter number 5, verse 16. If you're taking down notes, here's the fourth one. Did I give you all three? I did? I didn't? I gave you three, right? Here's the fourth one. Thanksgiving is God's will for your life. A lot of young people come to me, hey, Pastor G, I want to know what God's will for my life is. I'm about to read it. Watch what it says in verse 6. Did I say 16? Okay, 16 is good. Rejoice evermore. Next verse. Pray without ceasing. Next verse. In everything. Someone say in everything. Notice it didn't say for everything. It said in everything. Did you see that? So you don't have to wait until God does something for you to thank him for something. He says in everything, while you're going through what you're going through, in the midst of that, here's what you should do. In everything, give thanks. Why? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. This is God's will. Man, there's so much to thank the Lord for. In fact, this is how we've trained Our oldest daughter to pray. All she knows to do is to thank the Lord for everyone. Thank you, Lord, for Daddy. Thank you, for Mommy. Thank you, for Bobby. Thank you, for Elsa. I mean, she'd be thanking the Lord for everyone in Disney. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, for Mickey Mouse. And thank you for Granny. And thank you for, I mean, all she knows is to say thank you. And I believe this is how we should train and retrain the church to pray, like a little three-year-old. Just come before God's presence and let your mouth be filled with thanksgiving. Punch your neighbor and say, let your mouth be filled with thanksgiving and not a grocery list."